Nervous Habits Bonus Content Hamalom, that's Halo, Namaste, Shalom, and welcome to Nervous Habits Bonus Content. I'm your host, once again, Ricky Rosen. Uh, for new listeners, the bonus episodes are a chance for you to get to know me a little better. Come inside my home, but you know, make sure you, you stay six feet away and social distance with the pandemic going on. Um, as you know, these episodes are unedited, unfiltered, uncut, uncensored. And today, rather than the, the usual suspects on the bonus episodes, we have two new um, faces, two new voices on the podcast. We have Jeff Wu and James Austin Lowe. Gentlemen, welcome to the bonus content of Nervous Habits. Could it be here? Wait, who said that? Thanks for having us. Yeah, um, well, only speak for yourself, because uh, no, but it's good to it's good to have both of you guys. I'm actually I'm recording. This is the first time in my 35, 40 episodes of Nervous Habits we're recording with video, so I can see these gentlemen loud and clear. Um, Jeff is recording from where? From DC. From DC, a couple of streets from you. Oh yeah, rocking his Georgetown Law outfit and George and uh, James is in the center. Austin is in the center of the of the hurricane, right in in New York. Yeah, in Manhattan. Shit. Um. So, like, how's how's life for you guys? Like, like, what's because right now it's so these episodes usually get dropped like a couple weeks, month delay. So right now it's early April. What's the what's the morale? What's the morale like for you guys? I'm doing pretty well. I think I this is the second pand- pandemic I uh, I've been through, so I'm pretty used to you know the quarantine stuff. What was the first pandemic? First, first of all, sorry. Yep. How old are you? I was about. Yeah. Six, six or seven. Really? It's funny because amongst our friends, like Jeff was, Jeff was the the one who knew like immediately that this would be. I think in like January, because because Jeff is pretty plugged into the Chinese media. He was like, "You guys have to have to look out for this pandemic," and that was when people were just writing it off as, as like a hoax. Yeah, I warned you guys. <laughs> yeah, should listen to you, Austin. I, what- I didn't, I didn't believe the extent of it. Jeff was talking about it every class starting like January thirteenth. Before yeah. the U.S. even had its first case. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been like a couple, what, like a month, four weeks in this in in this like social distancing quarantine mode. Do you guys think it's gonna be like this for like the rest of the year? Because it, it depends who you ask. Like some people think this is the new normal. Like for the rest of our lives, we're just gonna be stuck indoors. Uh, I'd say give it maybe like one month, one more month or two more months. It should reach the peak and then. I think it depends on how people act, right? If people still refuse to wear masks, then I don't think it will change very quickly. Yeah. So you guys been wearing masks? Uh, I, I, I always wear a mask when I go out to like crowded places. Like when I want to go to Safeway, when I go grocery shopping, I always wear a, a mask. But it frustrates me when I see a lot of people don't wear masks because people, some asymptomatic people can just spread the virus like crazy indoors. Dude, it's the craziest. It, it's, what kind of mask do you have? Oh, Austin turned off his video. <laughs> this is this is my mask. I actually made this. So the Surgeon General did a nice video how to make a mask out of like a t-shirt. So my listeners can't see this, but I took an old Mets shirt. I got this from Israel, actually. And I folded it. I put some rubber bands on it. And now I'm like good to bring this outside. This is this is the back. Do it like this. Nice. Oh. Wait, what? That was like, that was like jumbled. What would you guys say? You can hear me, okay, right? Yeah. Sorry, my connection was just a little bit... It's okay. No, you're all good. This is actually... So, generally, when I've recorded these, I've recorded them on... Do you guys know Discord? Jeff, you probably know Discord. Yeah. Discord is a great platform for um, for remote interviews for podcasts. And then I use FaceTime. Um, I've used, like, a bunch of... I've never used Zoom. So, the audio, the audio looks pretty good on my end. But it would be interesting at some point if we had video. Um, but anyways... 
So Austin, what were you saying? So so you're no, I mean I, I haven't been going out as much as you guys have probably just because it's a lot worse here, and you sort of walk outside and it's really only the people doing the deliveries that are that are outside. So I, I I didn't really feel like it was that palpable until I went out last Thursday, and I was really like the only sort of non-work person out, and it was a uh, a bit surprising. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy too because um a lot of people have just been ignoring it and the government like for a while they were talking about declaring martial law or kind of speculating on that. The government can't really like enforce it. They can't really tell you, "Hey, stop holding hands with your significant other or stop being like a dick and, you know, cavorting in groups." But like like Jeff was saying, it, you're like putting yourself at risk if you're asymptomatic and, you know, you're like essentially making it so that people who have to worry about this are completely at your mercy so it's kind of shitty and it's mainly it's not even millennials it's like gen z it's like doing stuff like this you know well i had an issue yesterday where i i sort of immediately regretted doing what i did but i was going downstairs in the elevator just to pick up something and there was a dad and his kids in the elevator and i like i sort of double i did a double take or like i was thinking about not going in or letting them go but i just walked in because i don't know it felt like weird it still felt weird not to enter the elevator. You know, there was almost like still a social expectation that I didn't want to seem like I was avoiding them. Mm. But then it seemed like he was like covering up his kids while I was in the elevator. So I felt bad and I hope that, you know, he didn't take it the wrong way. But And Jeff, you're like, I know your experience has been a little bit different. Like you feel like people, people have not treated you well during these like tumultuous times. I just had a few, you know, verbal attacks uh, like near the Union Station area a couple months ago when people just came up to me and said, oh, stop giving me coronavirus. Fuck. Of course, that's pretty, that's, that's an outlier. Um, but I think overall, I think people here are still sort of resistant to wearing masks. And they're, I think there's still some sort of like discrimination or bias against people who wear masks, which is, you know, pretty difficult, ma- making it very difficult to contain the virus when people who wear masks are, you know, sort of discriminated against. I mean, I feel yeah, like... Yeah, 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 go ahead, Austin. It is interesting that we have such a sort of social aversion to masks when even before the pandemic, I was in Japan in January and a lot... Shit, you're, you're cutting out. Jeff, do you hear him cutting out? He cut off, yeah. Austin, you should turn off your video. Austin, yeah, turn off your video, buddy. We don't need to see your face. It's like, I, I see enough of that face during class. So, um... What the hell were we talking about? That was like that was like midstream. Um, Japan. Well, okay. So no, what I was gonna say because we gotta wait for Austin to like fix his video or whatever. But what I was gonna say is like all the information I'm getting says that gloves are far more um, impactful, like wearing gloves than masks. Because if people like don't wear gloves and then they touch their face, they're more likely to get the disease. Whereas a mask, I read something like only forty percent of of germs are filtered out or something like that. So I don't know. It's just something to consider. Like. If you're wearing a mask, but you're still like doing all this problematic stuff, that's not going to make you invincible from getting corona, you know? Yeah, I think it was, I think masks are effective if there's enough education about how to properly wear one. Like in China, like if you go on TikTok or like go on any social media, the government like has so much videos and instruction on how to properly wear a mask and what to do. So I thought you have to wear it properly and you know, avoid just, you know, making it worse by touching their face. Yeah. I thought TikTok was for like teenage girls to do that, that lottery dance, you know, that renegade song, or I think it's called renegade where yeah. they go like, I I mean, you you guys can't see the video, but it's, it's, it's for your own good. I, it'd be fun to see Austin do that dance, huh? 
Yeah, once he fixes the uh, video. But uh, but that's really funny. Like if you look at like platforms that have done well during the quarantine, like TikTok is one. All the streaming services, um, Instagram, Snapchat, those are really the only businesses that are thriving. I don't know where he, where he went. This is like this is like us yeah. like 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 pulling pulling the team here. Yeah, Austin. Um, but uh, but no, it's all good. This is this is working out the kinks of working out the kinks of, of Zoom. Um, but yeah, uh, just saw a news update. Boris Johnson just got admitted to the hospital for very serious symptoms. Shit. I feel like a lot of poli- because Trudeau because Jeff Jeff is also from Canada so your boy was it Trudeau or his wife that had um yeah. that had coronavirus which one Trudeau's wife yeah Trudeau's wife so that means he's probably gonna get it and a lot of I thought was did Merkel there were a few people a lot of senators um so it's I mean it makes sense these people are going around they're shaking hands they're at campaign events functions I mean it's it's I I personally think that. Uh, President Trump has it right now, and uh, Mike Pence has it. Joe Biden definitely has it. He hasn't been seen in public. Um. Oh, we lost him again. He, he's uh he left. Austin has left the chat. Dun dun dun. But yeah, what do you think is like is like the best part about about this whole coronavirus thing? Like the silver lining. If you had to pick like one thing, I think it definitely you know help you focus like focus on life. You know, think about give you some time to think about what actually matters in life, especially yeah. when you are just by yourself um, all the time. I mean, that's kind of like, that's kind of like the, the dilemma here is for us as law students, we didn't have the freedom up until a couple days ago to, you know, use this opportunity to reflect and explore what we're interested in and invest in our hobbies and interests because we were occupied with school. But now, um, I, I guess I'll have to announce to the listeners our, uh, now that we don't have grades anymore that our school has moved to a pass-fail system. We essentially have nothing to occupy our time. So yeah, like it does open up, you know, a lot of time to explore things that you didn't have time to, you know, do previously. Maybe like learn a language, learn to cook, figure out how to play an instrument, how to be a, a programmer, build a birdhouse, huh? What are you trying to learn, Ricky? I would like to bake because I actually, I'm I'm a decent cook, as you probably. Oh wait, Austin's coming in. He said my Wi-Fi is fucked up. LOL. All right, come back, James. We miss you. So listen, I uh, so as you saw from my Instagram story, and as as my listeners know, I love to cook. I'm 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 an avid and avid amateur chef. And so I think I'm set with that, but I don't know how to bake. So I think it'd be cool to learn how to make like my friends make banana bread or like maybe a pie. Maybe like an apple pie would be fun. You ever make a pie? I have not. Mm. I only made muffins when I, when I took a baking class in high school. Yeah? What, what do you want to do with, your, with, with all this time that opened up? Me? I, I think I'm still trying, still trying to adjust. I, haven't, I think I haven't fully realized what kind of situation I'm in yet. I still did some reading today because it's very hard to just suddenly stop from our, our routine. Wait, 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 you're saying you did law school reading? I did some reading today uh, because that's like, but a lot less than what I usually do on the weekends. This is the, like my first reading in the past four days. So I'll be honest with you. I haven't done any work since Thursday. Cause I think on Thursday we were, oh, he's back boys. Austin. James. 
Sorry about that. Dude, you got do you need a hotspot or something? Do you need one of the listeners will start a GoFundMe. GoFundMe get Austin <laughs> reasonable internet in New York. Man, you're missing. No, it, yeah. It, it's normally fine, but it's I don't know. My, I'm in my uncle's place and he has this strange like booster pack that I I've never really used it before. So if it gets too hot, which I guess sometimes happens when I'm, you know, using the internet for a while, it like shuts down. So Yeah. Um I just need to reboot it. But it's weird because when Zoom freezes, you guys look like you're like in Westworld, when they like turn off all the hosts, yeah, bases just freeze and like you say nothing. It was freeze all motor functions. I love that. Yeah. Um, we were Jeff was just telling us, or telling me and, and the folks listening that he has been doing readings this weekend just because out of habit. And I was telling him I haven't done readings in four days, and I'm probably never going to do a law school reading again. Um, maybe next year because it's like, what's what's the motivation? Like when you get to the bottom of the page, what's motivating you to flip the page? Yeah, I mean, I so I was doing it earlier, and I I was definitely less motivated. But yeah, I mean, for me, I'm so sort of a creature of habit that uh, I think it's almost going to be necessary to maintain some sense of normalcy, or else I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to be sitting around like staring at the wall. <laughs> Wait, but like, okay, so Jeff and I were talking about this. Like, throughout your life, I mean, th- don't you have like a list of things that you like have always been meaning to try or meaning to to you know learn or um become proficient in whether it be like a language or a hobby or a skill but you haven't had the time yeah but most of those things you'll need i mean you know one of them that i can keep doing is publishing articles because there's no real limit on that but the other stuff would be like you know becoming more fit or something or like you know uh becoming a better cook and i feel like your the resources are limited in that sense because like i can't get all the ingredients i need to make the dishes i want i can't go to the gym and use all the machines I want. You know what I mean? But what about like things that have to do with, with accessing information, like learning? Um, for example, if you want to learn to program, like one of my friends is, is teaching himself to code right now. Like all of the information you need is just at your fingertips, you know? So it's no, just, that's, that's a good way of putting it. Um, I don't know, Jeff, do you have any new skills that you want to take up? Me? Um, I've been trying to jog recently. <laughs> uh, but trying every to time jog. I jog, I like my my ankle get injured, so I'm <laughs> questioning that decision now. Maybe I'll just walk. What kind of sneakers do you have? It's probably it. I just bought some new ones. I bought some uh, Nike uh, iPad React. Okay, yeah. The, hopefully that makes it better. You guys, is it true that you're not allowed to shop in stores anymore? Someone was telling me that that you order it online and then you pick it up through a drive-through. Not in these uh, city. It's fine. It depends on the city. I mean, New York, CVS, and like sort of essential businesses are still open, but um, like I was able to go to CVS a few days ago. That's pretty much it though. Yeah, because I definitely like should get some get some new running shoes. That's like, that's what they say. They say every pair of running shoes can only run 100 miles, which doesn't sound like much when you think about like, if you run like a couple times a week, that's probably like 15 miles depending on how much you run. So it's one of those things where technically they say, you're supposed to get running shoes every 100 miles. Just like they say, I saw an Oprah a couple of years ago, you're supposed to like get new pillows every six months. But it could be one of those things that like people just say but no one abides by, you know? Yeah, if that's true with regard to pillows, then I'm definitely screwed because I, I feel like I keep pillows for years. Jeff, when was the last time you changed your pillows? Uh, I mean, I bought new ones when I moved to D.C., so they're pretty new. I had this friend in college that like every semester his mom would just throw out all of his like bed sheets and pillows and comforters and just buy him new ones. So I would inherit all of his old stuff 
Just like like I, I'd be like the friend that moved. I actually also moved off his clothing too. I would get all like the hand me downs because his, his mom would be like, you know, you can't wear that anymore. Like here's some new clothes, and I would get all the old stuff. <laughs> you probably can't do that anymore. Uh, I don't know. I I kind of stopped growing. It's interesting also with like this coronavirus stuff. You've seen like Zoom has this this trans like transcendent importance now where people are using it for like happy hours, people are using it for like tutoring and lessons and it's just it it's so like multidimensional. Like for example, we have this thing in law school called uh bar review on Thursday and now they have like virtual bar review on Zoom. Yeah, no, I've been using it for for most meetings, but it is surprising that there has, I mean, there's this talk of Zoom bombing now, so I guess that is a real risk. But Zoom um, I was just thinking about how basically half the country or more pro- probably downloaded this software that they hadn't really used before in a matter of a week or two. And I doubt that the system was prepared for that influx of new users in terms of like security measures, et cetera. And that's, I, that's probably why the Zoom bombing phenomenon is happening so easily. What do they use in China, Jeff? Uh, Zoom is actually a Chinese company, if you didn't know. Um, I did not. But- uh, it's, I mean, it's started by a Chinese person. They have a Chinese version. Um, if you go to zoom.cn. Uh, well, but I think China also use something called, I forgot the name, it's, it's by Tencent. Uh, Tencent. It's called Didi or like, no, or like Dida or something like that. Um, yeah, it's pretty similar to Zoom. Didi is the Uber. No Uber, but something, something like that, like Dida or something. Oh, that's actually interesting because this, I don't know where they host their servers. I mean, I'm guessing in China, but that could also be a security risk for the United States in terms of intelligence collecting and things like that. Or, I mean, or any any bad actor that wants to, you know... Yeah, it. like, if you think about it, when it comes to information security, a lot of these companies, like, never had to worry about their meetings being hacked or anything. And, like, like there's that expression, oh, I'd love to be, like, a fly on the wall at that board meeting. But now, literally, if you have the... the you know, the hacking uh, com- computing capabilities, you can just, like, be in the room for any of these, you know, where any of these big decisions are made. Like, for example, our law school, when they made the decision to move to mandatory pass-fail, like, imagine being a fly on the on the screen for that meeting, you know? Have you looked into Zoom bombing at all? Is it is it such that you can actually, like, just observe the meeting without being a user? Or is it more like uh, you have you can, like, you know, just show up as a regular user? I heard as long as you have the link, you can join any meeting. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that's definitely risky. I mean, we're not that anything we're doing is that important. <laughs> People want to, you know, tune in. But do you guys think that, like, if you think about like all, you know, everything that we've learned in this experience, do you think that this has shown that like face-to-face interaction is not important, or do you think it's shown that we need face-to-face interaction? Because you, you could make the argument that like we're able to function as a society pretty well just by like manifesting everything we do during a workday online. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it was almost like divine punishment in some sense where I discussed this with you before, but we were so invested in our online personas for so long. And now it's like, okay, this is all you have. That's literally all you have. You have to live entirely online and, you know, face the consequences. And I think now people will realize that hopefully after this is over, people will crave real human interaction more than they did in the past. And you know, even be more polite to each other on a daily basis. Yeah, I definitely miss human interaction. Mm. But why though? Like, like, let me ask you guys: What's different about us having this conversation, the three of us, over a computer screen? I can see you. I can like react to you, as opposed to like if you were sitting in my living room with me right now. Like, what's the difference? Because they're really, you know, you know. what's what's lacking is the uh, 
you know, when you sort of, whether it's shaking hands, hugging, there is, there is an element of human, like physical physicality in every interaction we have, you know, on a daily basis without the pandemic. So in, in the context of the pandemic, there's always this awkward pause at the end of the zoom meeting where you don't really know what to do. So people just like sort of wave their hand or, or just leave without saying anything. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being argumentative, but like, I mean, obviously of the three of us, I'm, I'm the one who's, you know, Austin has definitely told me like, dude, like get away from me when I, if I like put my hand on his shoulder or like go in for a hug or something, but it's more, I just, I genuinely do not see for most relationships, obviously romantic relations were different. Like, like what's, what's so bad about like this new interface for communication. It just seems like business as usual. What the difference might be like the environment, maybe like just being stuck in the same location. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think people, I, I think when I learned high school psychology, people produce like, people have oxytocin response when there is physical contact, you know. Oxytocin and uh, vasopressin. So oxytocin is the cuddle hormone. And that's, but again, that's that's when you're hugged. Or actually, I don't know if this is true, but I was watching this movie, Honey Boy. Um, did you guys see that with Shia LaBeouf? That's Shia LaBeouf's, yeah. I, I saw, I just... I I just saw it and there was a scene where all they were, they're all in the pool and they were doing, they were like hugging themselves. So if you guys are listening at home, that like take your arms and you guys do it too. Put them in front of you and just hug yourself. And in the movie, they said that doing that releases oxytocin. I don't know if that's scientifically accurate. I have to, I have to look that up. Um, but also Jeff, like, like, you know, you guys aren't running around hugging each other all the time. Like, like, do you, are, you know, are, are your hormonal responses really debilitated now compared to a couple months ago? No, especially especially as law students, I think I think it's different if you're in you know operating in another context. But we're basically in the library all the time anyway, and you know acting on our own in, in a lot of ways. So like on, in terms of that schedule, not much has changed. Like uh, we we were very independent already. But I don't know what you guys think. I agree. Like you guys, you guys live with roommates, right? I live in a studio, so I feel like it's more difficult for uh, for people who live. By themselves, you know. Yeah. yeah. I actually don't have roommates, but that's why I ended up coming to New York before I knew what exactly was going to happen because I was afraid of being stuck in my studio if everything went on lockdown and, you know, I had nowhere to go and no family nearby. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just I'm, – I'm, so I'm an extrovert, but I'm an ESTJ for, for the Myers-Briggs folks, but um, I don't know. I, I, like, genuinely don't mind being by myself. Like, I, I do have a roommate. But if I was in your position, Jeff, and I was or Austin in DC, and I was trapped in a studio apartment by myself for three months, that would be great. Like, think about it. You don't have to share the fridge with anyone. Peace and quiet. Don't have to put a sock on the door. You know, like like you just you got the whole place to yourself. Like, what's wrong with that? That sounds pretty good. Yeah, I mean, always I'm in the studio, so I always have to place to myself. Uh, but I don't know. I, I think human interaction is just. I, I think it's uh, it's pretty essential. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I mean, I think it was fun for a couple of weeks, and I'm like you, Rickian, that I, I can, you know, operate to a high degree of success or whatever you want to call it while on my own. But now it's just getting like you know now that now that all these changes are happening, where we've gone mandatory pass fail, we sort of have less going on. I feel like I'm more likely to to start craving more human interaction. I mean, I've been getting it. I've been trying to schedule regular social events on Zoom and things, but. You know, and my brother, like, luckily my brother's nearby, so he can come over and, and we can do stuff together. But other than that, it's, it's starting to get a little bit 
Boring. Jeff, can you do me a favor? Just put in a call to 311 in New York. We want to report Austin. You're not supposed to be socializing with people outside of your household right now, buddy. Got to, yeah, got to nix it. No, I'm, 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 just, I'm just messing with you. I mean, I hear what you guys are saying. I don't know, like, I was listening to another podcast and the host was talking about how it, essentially this is just a two-month vacation. And, like, think about it. What other time in human history is our responsibility to, you know, in order to fight a pandemic, just stay home and don't do anything? Like, sit on your couch and eat, like, take out and watch Netflix. Like, you're going to, trust me, when we get back into the grind in the fall, and if you're, you know, if you're listening and you work a full-time job, you're going to miss the quarantine, you know, back when things get busy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that all of our personalities are such that, like, especially you, Austin, like, like you get, like, antsy, and, and if you're not busy, if you're not always occupied, like, you kind of, you know, you're unsettled by that. But I don't know, like... I, I just, I think it's refreshing to like, like before I hopped on the, uh, the pod, podcast with you guys, I talked to one of my best friends from college and it was the first time I've talked to him all year where I didn't have to tell him like 20 minutes in, like, Hey man, I have to go back to my reading or I have to go. Like, I didn't have guilt, you know, like as law students. And we talked about this a couple episodes back in the law school episode, but you always have this, this shroud hanging over you, this dark cloud of like, you know shame and guilt for not doing your work you know what i mean so to have that listed for a little uh, lifted for a little while is is relieving yeah i mean well let's caveat this with obviously the understanding that i mean obviously it varies in terms of the impact of the coronavirus but various people are facing it in different ways so it's not it's not necessarily going to be easy for everyone but but no i mean if you're if you're young and healthy and your your, jo- your only job is to stay inside and you know take advantage of all the technology we have available to us, then, I mean, I think that's a lot less of an ask than, you know, being sent to Vietnam or, or anything comparable. Yeah, I'd be trying to do my part. I, my mom actually sent me some masks from China. Yeah? Um, and I, I was trying to donate some of my medical masks to the hospitals here, but none of them re- responded to my uh, offer. So I don't know what's happening. Dude, you should be like that guy. Did you guys hear about that guy who who bought 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer? New York Times did an article about it. This was months before the pandemic. He bought 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer just in case something like this happened. And then he was like price gouging. He was selling them for like 10 times their value. And eventually one of the government bureaucracies like seized all of it, which is pretty funny. But that could be Jeff with the mask. All right, we'll keep it going. Uh, Wait, Ricky, we didn't catch anything. You got cut off a little bit. That, that, that was like really good. Hold on. Uh, let me just make sure my internet's good. See, uh, no, so, okay, I'm good. So do you guys hear about that hand sanitizer or no? Yeah, no, we did. And then the guy felt guilty and ended up donating. No, he didn't didn't donate shit. No, 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 actually, uh, my listeners might have to hear this twice. So he bought 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer and he's like, okay, just in case there's a pandemic, I'm going to like sell them. And then the pandemic striked. And then he went on Amazon and he like price gouged. He tried to sell them for 10 times the value. And then the government got wise and they essentially took all of his hand sanitizer away and he was left with nothing. Oh, I thought I thought that they like sort of strong armed him into donating it. No, donate. But no, dude, that guy's in jail now. Three hots and a cot. Really? Wow. Um, um, my situation is very different though. I My mom sent him to me with the intention to donate. Yeah, man, that's messed up. You, you should, uh, I mean, no, I'm kidding. But like, <laughs> I think it's really just that they're overwhelmed and they probably aren't able to to even take in all the requests or, or donations. But um, Honestly, can we talk about Tucker King and what, what, what is going on with that? Because I, I don't know if that's just going to be a blip. Wait, tell me about this. So I, I haven't seen it, but why is everyone obsessed with Tiger King? I don't know. It's like a strange, like, collective sort of, uh, 
I don't know, appreciation for this. It's a re- like really a reality show type thing. It's a documentary, but it's basically like a reality show. And it's honestly, in a lot of ways, it strangely mirrors like our politics. Like you have this guy that's sort of very Trumpian and the way he acts and behaves. And he's sort of an absurd character. And, and he's sort of out to get this woman who's a uh, animal rights activist who also is, is you know, out to get him and and there there's there, it's that that sort of conflict is at the heart of the the series but um it, yeah i could just see how i think people are like really it's, he's almost the main guy is almost like trump and that he's sort of a crazy character and offensive but but people have been taking his side for whatever reason jeff have you but seen he's this now in jail he's in jail so because he put a hit on this woman ultimately Fuck, you just spoiled the whole series i was literally i was it was on my list no i'm just kidding i, I mean it's no, they start out they start out in like the first 10 minutes they tell you that and you sort of find out what leads up to that okay jeff have you seen this tk no i just recently found out it's not the same thing as lion king i thought it was lion king <laughs> are you serious yeah until like until my friend told me it's not very different Dude, that's wild. It's it's crazy. Like Trump, j- just because you brought it up. Um, generally we, we try not to be too partisan on the pod, but Trump actually has the highest approval ratings he's ever had right now during the coronavirus. Which I mean, I mean, Austin obviously has the background. Um, wh- what have you written for Politico on the Hill? Not not Politico, but the Hill and some other publications. So we got like a, a political expert on here. Um, and for some reason, like his his numbers are higher than they've than they've been. I mean. It doesn't. I like like. What's your explanation for that? Because it's kind of mystifying. Well, I mean, I'm more. I focus more on foreign policy than domestic politics. But you can you can have an opinion I, though. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, my opinion. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think there's just so much. People just don't really know what to think at this point, and they see him going out, and I mean, now now he's, he's approaching it in a better way than he was. I think he screwed up by um, delaying the response and obviously not taking it seriously enough. But. Uh, I don't know. I feel like Biden is not getting that much attention despite sort of his efforts to to act like a, a good faith actor in the situation. And I think Bernie's also getting drowned out a little bit. So, I mean, I just think it's almost just like people look to leadership in times of crisis and it's, you know, some people are convinced. But I mean, uh, but he also has a good guy on at his right hand, uh, Fauci, who also has generated more public trust, I think, in the administration. So. Well, apparently, I mean, Fauci, like every press conference that Fauci isn't there, I, I know uh, Austin's active on Twitter. I don't know if Jeff is, but there's all these conspiracy theorists that are like, oh, like Trump's trying to like shut like Fauci up. He's trying to like, like alienate him because anytime Trump says something, Fauci comes to the mic and immediately like repudiates it. You know, Trump, like the whole thing with Easter, Trump's like, oh, we're, you know, everything's gonna be back open by Easter. And Fauci's like, oh, it's going to be like at least six months. You know what I mean? It's almost like it, now it's reminding me of uh, observing Chinese politics where it's so opaque that people put a lot of stock into, you know, which leaders appear at which meetings and like whether, you know, this this when Vice President, now Vice President Wang Qishan was thought to retire, like, you know, he sort of emerged at a couple of significant meetings and that, that signaled to people that he was sort of on the up. But uh, yeah, no, it's becoming a little absurd, like that we're just reading so much into these press conferences, when in theory we should be a transparent government. Jeff, you look like you have something to say, and I can see that because of Zoom. I can see your oh. reactions. Well, nice. Yeah, I, I, I think I was originally, I, I, I was originally criticizing the Chinese government for how they dealt with this thing in the beginning, um, and I was 
expecting the U.S. government to show the world how to properly deal with this crisis. And then I asked for like a, I asked for like a ten. Trump gave me a two. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. I'm. Um... I mean, yeah, like definitely like exhibit A for how not to deal with a global pandemic. Um, literally at, at the press conferences, he's telling the, the reporters that he's not going to give um, aid to states whose governors are not properly gracious. And then on Twitter, he's talking about how his press conferences have the most ratings since like The Bachelor. I mean, I appreciate The Bachelor getting a little recognition, but like, I don't know, man, he's, he's just... He's well, this is it. why we, we've talked about this too, but I'm very thankful for federalism and action right now because we'd be so screwed if he had more power to define the response. And, and people like Andrew Cuomo are, you know, they're doing a good job, I think, of handling their respective state situations. Yeah, you know what's also interesting? I'm um, having to do with having to do with like the reaction is the degree to which the media has impacted all this. And I know, I know Jeff, you're like also a super opinionated on this, but a lot of people think the media is just kind of stoking the flames of panic and like that COVID-19 is a, a serious ordeal and, and you know, all the guidelines are justified, but a lot of folks out there think the media is exploiting this and kind of exacerbating it just to keep people like tuning in. Do, do you think there's any merit to that? I, I think the media is actually, like, I think all the media are sort of downplaying it too much uh, until very recently. Really? So I think exaggeration was the problem. I think downplaying it was the problem. Even, like, across the board, like CNN or Fox, all of them, like, before March were sort of, like, iterating the fact that this is just, like, a flu. Um, so, yeah, I think downplaying it, it might, might be the problem. I think you also, the media's reaction in large part tracks with that of the American public. And I, you know, I think in certain contexts, the media is more responsible for generating attention uh, to certain issues, but here it, it's just similar. It's, you know, a human reaction. It's like, of course, we don't know much about it. It it arrives in the U S of course, your knee jerk reaction is to want to think it's not that bad and to want to liken it to the flu where, you know, which we know has already killed a significant amount of people. So I feel like their response sort of tracked that of the American public. Yeah, I feel like there's a general like unwillingness in American public and among politicians to not uh, like unwilling to sort of learn from China or accept what China's experience is. Like even in January, China gave a very clear signal this is a serious problem. Like China locked down the entire city of Wuhan. Like how much of a clear signal can you give that this is a serious problem when China's willing to lock down a city of like a couple million people? Like, in, in fairness, though, they also refused our help initially and, and didn't really um, act in a transparent manner with regard to, you know, revealing what was going on and things like that. But no, I hear you. I mean, the problem is also that our, for all its strengths, the, the checks and balances and separation of powers that's inherent in our government prevents us from doing things like that. Like you couldn't, there's so many loops that you have to jump or hoops that you have to jump through rather to you know, to shut down a place like New York City, that we like finally arrived at some sense of semblance of that a month after the virus broke out, but like it's still not like Wuhan where we're where you know we're locked in completely and can be you know face criminal uh, punishment if we're found outside the house, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean that's what Europe is doing now. Um, in, in Italy and Spain, they have police patrolling and there's criminal punishment for 
going on. It's, I mean, it's interesting because I actually talked about this with my friend on the podcast episode from last week, which isn't released yet because of the backlog. But we talked about how authoritarian governments are better positioned than democracies to deal with like crises like this because China can essentially just take control of society and say to Austin's point or rather to Jeff's point, we're shutting the city down. Um, you know, if you violate this, you're going to be held criminally liable. Whereas in America, it's your freedom to go out and, you know, you see the videos of people literally going into a Walmart, opening up the juice, spitting in it and putting it back on the, on the shelf or people who are like licking, do you guys see the coronavirus challenge? People are licking toilet seats. Like America, you have the freedom to lick toilet seats. Um, no, but, those people actually. So a couple of those people have been charged though with right. crimes. Well, yeah. I, I, yeah, I guess that's a bad example. I guess what I'm, like with the social distancing, you, you know, for a long time they were advising you. They were saying, you know, you should do this, but you technically still, you know, could do whatever. Like in other countries, it's easier for them to just lock it down. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's not that easy, even for authoritarian countries. Like China had to suffer a lot of uh, backlash. Like, I mean, even if. Even though people don't have the right to vote, there's the the government still needs a general support among the people. If there's if they frustrate people enough, like there people, there's a way for people to you know become dissatisfied and then, um, you know, overthrow the government. So I always think there is always an inherent majority rules in every society, no matter how democratic or how authoritarian it is. So like, actually like sort of respect the Chinese government for being able to shut down Wuhan because a lot of people were very opposed to that and they know that they could have you know, start, easily started a riot in the city. Yeah. For doing that. But do you think their response was quick enough though? Like, what about the fact that it seems like at least the response was delayed because they didn't want to trust the initial sort of whistleblowers? Um, definitely. I, I, think, I think it was definitely delayed. Um, the first case was in uh, late December. Um, so it took them about a month to discover that and dog down the city. But I think yeah. that's moved faster than uh, Trump's response. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, that's the problem. It's like I, I wrote an article criticizing the Chinese government's response and, and you know, tying it back to sort of the general uh, climate of fear that is instilled by Xi Jinping. But at the same time, I mean, like, it's not like we have a, a better model in, in terms of how to respond. So. I mean, I think everyone sort of botched their response in some sense. But. So we got our, our, our two uh, East Asian political experts here. But like shifting shifting gears because we're all like law students. It's interesting if you think about the litigation that's going to come out of uh, this pandemic. Because I don't know if you guys saw this, but there are some gyms, for example, like the New York Sports Club that are not refunding members their annual fees. So essentially like my sister has, you know, a, a thing where she gets, she pays like $70 a month. And obviously the gym is now closed. And they've closed down the accounts, but they're still automatically billing their memberships. So that's like one lawsuit. You have cases where people that seems absurd. That's that's a, that's egregious, dude. There's a class action. If you look online, it's it's circulating. Then there's cases of like people who are like willfully coughing on other people. Like that's an intentional tort. You have this uh, this thing. Like if you if you literally go on on Twitter, that's where I get all this. People are like licking literally like they're in the pasta aisle and they're just licking everything. Um, I mean, just. Well, I saw one of the guys that ended up licking a toilet seat ended up catching coronavirus. I did. I saw that same thing. That's really. It's like poetic justice. If you can also catch it, I mean, no, we don't have to go into detail, but you can I catch would love... it in a variety of ways. We, we should go into detail. This is this is informative. People should know not to. Look... As in, you can't. You don't only catch it from 
from coughing on somebody, you can catch it from, you know, a dirty bathroom as well, a dirty toilet seat. Well, I just said, I'm not su- I mean, it's not a surprise that you can catch it from the toilet, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty wild. All right, guys, would you rather have the world be like this with coronavirus for another year, 12 months, social distancing, avoid all public gatherings, or or coronavirus would be lifted tomorrow, but it would come back um, in a couple of years for pretty much the same period of time, if not longer. I want it tomorrow. Um, really? Yeah. The, the, this whole thing is uh, driving me crazy. But uh, even, like, I feel like we'll eventually come back, you know, Pandemic always comes around every decade or so. So, well, if I'm understanding your timeline, by the time it comes back the second time around, we'll already have the vaccine. So, if that's the case, then I would prefer that. But there's no vaccine. That that's the counter. Oh, there's no vaccine. So it so it either you have to deal with it for the rest of the year and it's gone forever, or it comes back in a year from now. There's no vaccine and it's going to go on for even longer. And and we're not better prepared. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I would I would prefer that we just maintain the current system because then inevitably more people will die if we have to deal with it all over again. What do you guys have to say to the the conspiracy theorists out there that believe there's no such thing as coronavirus? The Earth is flat. Um, we fake the moon landing. Uh, JFK is still alive. What, what do you what do you have to say to all these people? I think they're free to believe what they want, but they. Uh... They shouldn't harm other people in the process. Just go to go move, move somewhere with no people and believe believe that. Yeah, it's strange that I don't. I, I haven't done much research into this demographic that you're talking about because I'm not really that interested. But it seems like the the same types of people that don't trust the government to the point where you know they want to hoard things and um, you know buy guns and and. To, prepare for potential overthrow um all of the all the things they're doing to prep for that kind of scenario would would be helpful in this kind of pandemic situation but instead they're choosing not to believe it when it's actually at their doorstep like you think those types of people would would believe you know in some crazy global disaster happening and they'd immediately want to protect themselves but there's sort of a strange overlap between the people that if you don't if you know what i'm getting at you're kind of cutting out. Um, so I mean, I think I think you're. I, I kind of get what you're saying. Like, if they did, they would take greater precautions if they believed in what they claimed to not believe in. Maybe I don't. I don't know. It's yeah. It's like, well, what are you preparing for if you if you're gonna hoard all these materials and and you know have like a sort of a cabin out in the woods where you you, you go to protect yourself in the event of a crisis, like. When it's actually your doorstep, you just don't believe it because it's coming from the government's mouth. Well, um, yeah. It, I don't know. It just it just seems like a, a bit of a hypocritical or, or incongruent position. But you guys ever see the movie The Purge? Yeah, yeah. I, I knew. Yeah, I knew you would have seen that, Jeff. It, it's kind of like that. People are preparing to have like the government like declare all crime legal for twenty four twenty four hours, and that's why they're you know stocking up on guns. Do you think? Do you think that that's like like a, a re- you know a reasonable thing that the government should do? Like, think about it. Like, all so crime per- is legal for 24 hours, but then it's illegal for 364 days. It makes sense. No, this is terrible, man. I think that movie's disgusting, and I, I don't even want to address it. Wait, wait, really? It's just a horror movie. Yeah, I just think it's a sick concept. I don't know why we <laughs> you know, get off of watching things like this. It's just gratuitous violence, and, like, I don't really understand what it 
uh, delivers for society. I mean, I understand that art doesn't have to have a purpose, but I don't want to waste my time watching that. Austin, anymore. if you think that's disgusting, you should not watch the movie The Platform on Netflix, where they literally okay, take. Don't even talk about it. Let's not talk. About yeah, it. have you, Jeff? Have you seen that? No, that's a great movie. I'm not. I'm, I, I, I'm not. It's it's there's cannibalism. It's you know flesh eating. It's uh, that's actually disgusting. I, I think the Purge says a lot about like our present day society and and government and our values. And I think it's kind of realistic. I could see a situation like that. Well, no, it's a utilitarian. It's a classic utilitarian argument, right? Where it's like it's it's the same thing with an authoritarian government. It's like if you're it's like uh, if you're willing to there, there's this. This short story called The Ones That Walk Away from Omelas, and the premise is basically that you're living in an ideal society, you know, where nobody suffers, except in order to maintain that sort of utopia, um, yeah. one girl is locked in a closet and has, and you know, essentially in poverty and, and, and squalor and has to suffer constantly, a, a young child. And like, are you willing to make that? Fuck, you cut out. Stage, I was like, right? are you willing to have one person suffer for the benefit of money? I mean, no, you're the good. The question is basically, are you willing to let a few, the few suffer for the benefit of the many, or would you rather protect the rights of everyone on an equal basis? Yeah, no, dude. I mean, you see that concept in pretty much every dystopian movie where you have like the question posed of what's the what's the cost of universal collective good like it's the same thing in the giver in the giver it's like a utopian society but the cost is that when people are a certain age they're euthanized you know you see that in in right. um a lot of a lot of those universes but i don't know, you know it, i think you know. honestly that reflects you know not to bring it always back to china but gotta that also reflects to the competing models of the united states and china in terms of governance right it's like we we protect individual rights above all else but as a result we have things like the Second Amendment, and we have more deaths related to gun violence, and we have more violent crime and things like that. Whereas China, you know, you might have people being, you know, disappeared and, and killed behind the scenes for, for divergent political views. But, you know, overall, the society is more, you know, quote unquote, harmonious, more safe. And, you know, that's sort of an exchange that the government is, is trying to make. Um, I, I think I personally am more of a fan of the U.S. system, but... You know, I think you can make arguments on both sides. Not for, like, killing people, but just... Austin, you got to cut off. My friend, my friend, slash James Austin Lowe. GoFundMe.com slash James Austin Lowe. Jeff, I feel, like, I feel like you'll indulge me a little bit. So, the purge is coming to your neighborhood. What are you doing? Are you staying at home? You're locking yourself in? Or are you, you know, roaming the streets? Are you going to be, like... The hunter, you can be hunted. What's your What's your mindset here? I mean, I, I think I'll try to avoid being either. Uh, I'll just try to stay unnoticed in my apartment, lock the door. Yeah, but that's the whole that's the whole thing about the movie is people will like just raid your apartment. Well, then, uh, then I guess too bad. Maybe I'll just take my uh, take my tent and move to the mountains or somewhere, move and the then mountain. come back when it's over. That's pretty good. Um. What the hell was I going to say? Jeff, you've been eating a lot of Baby Bell? I have not, actually. I've been saving them because I only have a couple left. I'm saving them for my wine nights. Yeah? Yeah. Jeff, actually, <laughs> I had never had a Baby Bell cheese before. And Jeff, I, I'm sure you know many of my listeners know what Baby Bell cheese is. I, I didn't know what it was. I still don't really know what it is. But Jeff was like, Ricky, he puts on Instagram. I was like, what is this? I, I think I asked him, is it soap? 
It looked like a, a bar of soap. And uh, the next day we had criminal law. This was in person before Zoom, uh, BZ. And he brings in this little soap-like piece of cheese for me. And it was pretty good. It was pretty fra- flavorful. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think it should be, the, the concept should be applied to more more food, you know, using wax to preserve it. And it's so easy to carry and, uh, and eat. Yeah. That was a classic lunch staple when I was in elementary school. Same. Have, like a sandwich would have that and like maybe a dessert type thing. Yeah, See, recently I've been trying to cut my calorie intake because I know I'm not using as much calories as before. Really? Yeah. I need to cut at least a thousand calories per day because I'm just staying at home every day. I'm just using my base calorie. Yeah expense i feel like you guys you guys had pretty like bougie like childhoods because my my lunch would always be teddy grams teddy grams was like the poor man's baby bell or the poor man's dunkaroos it was just this little bag and it wasn't even the chocolate ones it was the honey teddy grams so they were very flavorless and i would just like put them in my sandwich and just like cough it down to, to mix things up you know Wait, this seems – I'm skeptical of that claim. You think Teddy Grahams are that much cheaper than Dunkaroos? I feel like they're the same price. Well, maybe – all right. Well, this is back in the 90s, so maybe inflation like hit the uh, hit the Dunkaroos a little harder. But, um, I don't know if Dunkaroos is like a an elitist uh, – you know. At least in my school, all the like all the like rich kids had the Dunkaroos, and all the all the like middle class like kids had Teddy Grahams. Um, and but uh, no, you're right about the cutting calories, Jeff. I think I don't know about you guys. I think everyone's gonna come out of this looking like a cross between the Geico cavemen and the people in Wally that are stuck in the wheelchairs. Like we're all gonna be. I mean, you guys see me on the video right now. I have my my fro that I had in college. Austin, your hair is looking long. Are you, uh, Jeff, yeah. what do you got going under the hat? Let me just... Oh, my hair is... Too, that's why I'm wearing a hat. My, my hair is growing out of control. I actually just, uh, I actually just ordered a... Oh, shaver. wow. It actually is. Yeah. I just ordered a shaver and then and scissors. So I'm going to cut my you, own hair in a bit. You typically have pretty short hair. Yeah. Mine is like, I don't know, not as short, but it, yeah, it's much more noticeable on you. Yeah. How are you planning to cut your hair? Did you order your like shaver stuff? I'm not because I don't trust myself to like not cut my head or something. So. Dude, I'm not either. Like, what what are people gonna do, man? If this does go on till September, am I supposed to just walk around looking like uh, Mick Jagger? I don't know. Like, I don't. I mean, I guess that's a good a good comparison. But this this is too. This is like a like a fro. You guys ever see pictures? Well, Jeff, of- I actually. Oh, uh, Austin, you're cutting out. Fine. What? But Jeff, I actually they didn't cut my hair for like four months in China once, so I've I've done it before. Really? How did you look after four months? I mean, I had longer hair in college, so it didn't, like, you know, it wasn't that drastic of a change. Yeah. Like, now it would be a big change, but... Yeah, I think curly hair is better. Like, your hair, uh, the, even if it's long, it still stays put. Like, my, my Asian hair is, like, straight and hard. What so do you guys think about long. this? This was my hair... Oh, shit, can you see it? Hold on. I have a background. Zoom has this feature where you have virtual backgrounds, but... All right, check this out. This was my hair a couple years ago. What do you think of that? Yeah, that's more similar to what I had in college. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like a full-on afro. Um, I mean, mine was less curly because I, I would blow dry it every day. But. You know what's funny? I was FaceTiming with my friend earlier, and he said that I looked much, much, much younger with this long hair. Because, like, I don't know about you. I, like, I think when you're old and you have hair like this, it just makes you look like a kid. So I look – I think I look like I'm 14 right now. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, it's, it's still okay. You, you can still pass as a lawyer. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, just slick it back, dude. 
I'm trying. I'm, I need some. I need some good. Uh, some good product. So, what do you guys think? I mean, this is like our one L year is pretty much like over at this point. Um, but obviously, barring passing grades for everyone, do you guys think like? Do Do you think this is like like was it what you expected? Like law school? Like like Jeff? You expected to make friends? Yeah, unsuccessfully. You know, um, we, we, this is actually sad for me because like the only reason sort of I came to this country is to go to law school. And then I didn't, and then I ended up not, uh, you know, being able to go to law school. So mm-hmm. I feel like it defeats the whole purpose. No, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm glad we made good friends before this. Like, it's better that this happened now and not, you know, on the flip side at some point during first semester, because that would be very strange. If, 100%, yeah. If we started school and then immediately had to retreat. Um, so it's nice that we already have established relationships and, and can maintain those. Yeah. It's interesting for sure. I mean, I don't know, like, I think, I think this is, it's kind of sad because now we're always going to remember our 1L year for like ending, what is this, like 75? No, I think it's like a third of the semester or longer. Uh, yeah, it's like a third. A third of the semester is, maybe a little bit more. But... I think, I think more, like 40% is just spent remote. Um, and but also the flip side is we have two more years, hopefully that will be normal, like, if, if we were seniors in college, this would be a lot worse. Or if we were three L's, it would be very sad, you know? Imagine, yeah, you don't have a graduation. You don't get to, like, see your friends for, like, prom or whatever, you know? It's like, that kind of sucks. Yeah, we'll just have to take advantage of the time that we do have more um, in two L and three L, so. Yeah, but we also have to sort of have one extra semester of stress in our two L year. Yeah. I mean... Now, rather than being done with our like anxiety after our one L spring, now we have the one L hell elongated to like essentially a year and a half. Now we have to deal with this until December of 2020. Um, so that I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of rough. What are you guys looking forward to doing the most once once like once we're out in public, hitting the bars, hitting the clubs? Jeff, going to the gym. Oh me, yeah. For me, it's absolutely restaurants. I mean, that's. You know, I, I'm a big food fan. I mean, you know, I've been getting some takeout here, but it's just, it's more about the experience of going to a restaurant and, you know, being with friends, et cetera. I feel like you get way too much takeout, though. Like, Austin's been doing takeout almost every night. That's not true. It's not every night, but um, it's, no, because it's harder to go to a grocery here because it's so much worse in New York. So I don't feel comfortable going, frequenting the grocery store as much. So just naturally... You know, it's harder to have fresh food. Like, I have a lot of non-perishables, but if I want something more fresh, I'm just going to order takeout. And honestly, it's been fine. I mean, just take the precautions. And What kind of takeout did you get? Oh, I mean, I just get, like, you know, dig in. I've gotten Chinese a couple times. Um, it's pretty good. There's, it's pretty limited. I mean, only there's only – it's not like every restaurant's open. Um because it's, yeah. you know, it's a significant cost for them to keep running. They have to know that they're going to have people ordering. Dude, imagine like working at one of these restaurants and having to like haul ass every morning, go into work and like put yourself at risk. I mean, look at Amazon. These Amazon workers were in these like literally the uh, the sardine cans in the warehouses processing the the packages and a lot of them developed corona and Bezos didn't care and now they're now they're striking or whatever. Same thing with Whole Foods. Yeah, I know it is it is the power dynamic is sort of messed up in the the most well-off in society are protected, obviously. And then the people that really need to, you know, make money every day are 
are the ones that are put at most risk. Yeah. Jeff, what do you think? Well, I've been trying to order from local restaurants a lot recently just to sort of keep them in business. Well, that's the flip side. Yeah, Ricky, you could say that I'm also supporting local businesses by, you know, by ordering from I'm not ordering like, you know, from Brooklyn or something and, and having somebody drive me like a, a cheeseburger from Brooklyn. It's like I'm, I'm only getting stuff from local places. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a cost-benefit calculation because I think a lot of these businesses like fiscally would probably prefer that you order from them to, to keep them afloat. But in terms of their like quality of life as individuals, if enough people are ordering, then you're like forcing their employees and their managers to like put themselves at risk by going to work every day, as opposed to like, they'd probably be better off if you just shut them down for a couple months. And a lot of these small businesses can get loans through the federal government. Like they're offering no interest loans as part of the stimulus. Um, so if they did have to shut down, it's no guarantee that it'd be permanent. But I, I do think it's good generally to support local businesses. Um, although I, I have been like eating Chipotle and Domino's because I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment. So you're a hypocrite. A little bit. I, well, I know Jeff has also uh, been eating Chipotle. So I saw on his Instagram. Yeah, I couldn't resist. my. Uh, I am almost, almost have a free entree, you know, based on my points. Um, okay, so guys, something that uh, since you're both first, is, it, is this both of your first podcast? Jeff, first podcast? Uh, yeah, first podcast. Austin, first one? Yeah, same here. See, that's surprising because Austin has told me that he has a voice for uh, voice for radio. I, so I didn't determine that myself. I've had yeah. people tell me he's that. He's been told. He's been told he has a, a voice for radio and a face for radio. So I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> Um All right guys, so something I like to do with um, first time uh, first time visitors onto the bonus segments is we like to do the electric uh, lightning round questions. Sixty seconds, very random questions. You just gotta give me the first thing that, that pops into your mind. We usually get through about ten to fifteen questions in sixty seconds. Um, don't hold back here, Jeff. You're gonna go first in the hot seat. Um, lightning round, unedited here. Ready? Just give me the first answer that comes to mind. Set and you ready, Jeff? Yeah, let's do it. And go. What's something you could eat for a week straight? Seven. No, what are you, Je- Austin? Get out of here, Jeff. Oh, fuck! <laughs> you you messed it up. You can cut off. Uh, it's okay. Um, all right, ready? Jeff is in the hot seat. Austin, we'll go. We'll go to you later. No one cares that you like salmon. Um, <laughs> all right, hold on. Ready? Uh, what's something you could eat for a week straight? What's something that keep me for a week straight? <laughs> what's something you could eat for a week straight? Chipotle. Is Jimmy Kimmel funny? No. Polka dots or stripes? Stripes. Would you go to a movie alone? Yes. Is a human life more valuable than the life of a dog? Yes. When you fly in a plane, do you wear a neck pillow? No. Define the word zeitgeist. No idea. Using an, <laughs> Almo, vo- using an Almo voice, tell me how you like your coffee. Using what voice? An Almo voice. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what that is. Almo? Oh my god, you, you got some YouTubing to do. What's the sound you would make if you're freezing cold? <laughs> LA or New York? New York. Super Mario Brothers or Zelda? Uh, Super Mario Brothers. Do you find handlebar mustaches to be handsome? Define. Do you do you find handlebar mustaches no. to be handsome? No. Uh, mustache more handsome. Uh, scale one to ten. How much do you enjoy garlic? Uh, five. Tell me what you do on weekends in a valley girl voice. Uh, I, I I don't know what a valley girl voice is. All right. Uh, last question. How do you feel about cranberries? <laughs> I hate them. All right. Nicely done. Valley girl voice is like. Um, let me see if I can do it. It's like uh, yeah. So I'm like literally a big deal around here, and like. I literally cannot even take. Oh, Ricky, that's your that's your normal voice. Yeah, fuck, that's like that's humiliating. I might have to, I might have to pull that out. All right, uh, Austin, you ready to go? 
Yep. All right, 60 seconds on the clock. Ready, set, go. Texting or talking? Texting. Favorite holiday? Christmas. How long? Oh, wow. How long does it take you to get ready? 20 minutes. Fill in the blank. Taylor Swift is blank. Interesting. Oh. Invisibility or super strength? Uh, invisibility. Favorite junk food? Pizza. Last Halloween costume? The kid from Stranger Things. Uh, Mike. why can't we tickle ourselves? Oh, we can't. I never thought about that. Is actually. double dipping at a party ever acceptable? No. If Voldemort offered you a hug, would you accept? Hell no. Oh, this one's for you. Say something in an Asian la- language. Say what? Say something in an Asian language. Yeah, what do you want me to say? Whatever you want. Um, I could, I mean, ni hao. <laughs> uh, how many hours of sleep do you need? Six to seven. If you could ask God one question, what would it be? Why? Uh, are rats cute? No. Last one. Have you ever slapped someone in the face? Yes. All right, boys. We got, see, now Now the listeners have learned so much, so much about you gentlemen. Um, all right. So, uh, one more thing I want to, I want to discuss with you guys, kind of, kind of, um, pick your brains a little bit. Uh, by the way, Jeff, you gotta, we gotta get you learning some accents. Valley Girl, what was the other one you couldn't do? Elmo? Yeah, I, I think I, I just need to know more about American... Yeah, dude, these are all... That, that's biased because these are all American cultural No, references. my friend. Elmo's a worldwide phenomenon. I think Sesame Street... Well, at least in Europe. I guess that's kind of Western. But uh, I just remember learning Sesame Street in, in French. But no, Elmo's the one who's like... What did he say? Like, Elmo, count one, two, three. Have I've you guys... Austin, you've seen that, right? Yeah, but I, I, I was never a big fan. I was more of like a Disney person elmo no understand what you're talking about it's like it's like he speaks in the third person interesting maybe i should uh but no what the hell was i gonna ask you guys so okay do you think that the internet will ever cost money to use like web browsing do you see that ever costing money i'm not talking about high speed access through internet providers like will, will it ever cost money to use google I mean, it doesn't make bis- it doesn't make business sense to Google to charge money for web browsing. They're they're indirectly charging us by displaying ads. So, you know, they, they are charging us indirectly, but it doesn't make any business sense to charge directly. Yeah, I, that's a good point. As long as the current model exists, where they can still make money off of our data, it just doesn't really make sense. But let's say the model is somehow impaired, where, for example. Okay, here's a hypothetical. Bernie Sanders or someone breaks up all of the the monopolies that Amazon and Walmart and all these big companies have, AT&T, and essentially there are no more big businesses funneling money into Google, so they would have to rely on on direct, um, you know, consumer charges. So that's something to consider. But more importantly, do you think if you had to, people would pay to use the internet? Would you pay like a monthly fee to use the internet, like almost like with Netflix or or any of the streaming services? Yeah, I mean, I think if it were affordable, like Netflix is what eight dollars a month, and I mean, you, so much of your life is necessary, um, or so much of your life is accessed on the internet, making it necessary. So I, I would think so. Yeah. No hesitation from you guys. You don't think you would like find, you know, try to find a, a go around to using the internet. I mean, I wouldn't like it, but I, if, if that was the reality that we were living in, then, you know, you don't have much of a choice. All right, let's take this a step further. Would you pay a monthly fee for Facebook if you had to pay? No, I would delete it. I would delete it. If you had to pay $2 a month for Facebook. Delete. Delete what? I'm already, yeah, I'm already like sort of on the way. The only reason I don't delete Facebook at this point is because I have so many contacts that I've 
developed over the years that like I can only reach on Facebook because I don't have their email or otherwise. So. Okay. What about what about um, Instagram? If you, Jeff, I know I know you use Instagram as much as anybody. If you had to pay five dollars a month, to use Instagram. And also remember that all of your friends are on Instagram and your family's on Instagram. Would you pay to use it? I mean, it depends on how many, how many of my friends stay after the five dollars fee. You know. Yeah. Let's say most of them stick around. Stick around five dollars. You know what? Maybe I'll do it. But as a matter of fact, though, you definitely use more Instagram than I do. <laughs> You're throwing me under the bus here. I no, I go through ebbs and flows because sometimes I won't like post any stories for like a month, and then I'll have like last night like a fifty you know story compilation of how to cook uh, chicken and pineapples. Um, Austin, would you stick around? You know, yeah, I'm not. I'm not as invested in Instagram, um, so I don't know. I mean, if it's Five dollars? You said one one time fee? No, not a one time fee. Of course, if it's a one time fee, everyone's going to do it. I'm saying monthly, uh, monthly. I don't know. Maybe not. Honestly, I think it's. I think it's better than Facebook, and that it's sort of like less uh, of a black hole. But um, I don't know. I, I don't think I would do it. I mean, I don't know. For me, like to be completely honest with you, I would not. Even though I use Instagram a lot, I would not use either of those things on principle if we had to start paying for them just because to Jeff's point about ads like they already get enough money like indirectly from us based on um you know sharing our information and and stuff that we look at uh through like third party companies so I don't know I I definitely wouldn't do Facebook or Instagram but to be honest if Twitter came out and they were like you know we have to charge all our users a couple dollars a month I would definitely like be willing to pay that just because Unlike the other two, like I enjoy Twitter. Twitter's where I get my news. Twitter's where like I, you know, share information with friends and family. So Twitter, I think, is a more essential part of my life than the other the other two platforms. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say the same. Just because Twitter is so critical to me getting getting information, and you can also see what like high profile politicians and people like that are saying in real time. So yeah. I think if they get get rid of ads and then charge us, I might be able, I might be willing to do it because it's basically paying for not have ads, like a premium. And I, I pay for YouTube Premium. So you do. Why do you pay for YouTube Premium? Uh, you don't have the ads. You don't have any ads in the beginning of any videos, and then you also can save videos. So sometimes, sometimes like save music or save interesting videos. Really? It but- just it saves me a lot of time because I don't have to watch five seconds of ads in the beginning. But see, it doesn't make sense to me that YouTube is free, but Netflix costs money because it's it's essentially the same platform. Like YouTube allows you to watch clips and shows and movies free, and and you know they end up forcing you to watch advertisements. So why does Netflix then make you pay for the same service? You know what I mean? They they probably they have higher production costs because they create their own shows. YouTube is just a third-party platform. Okay, but before they created their own shows, because that's pretty new. It used to be in the last like you know four or five years, uh, Netflix used to just like be another um you know location where you can stream television shows like friends or or, or seinfeld whatever um which you could do on youtube like lots of people upload these shows onto youtube so just it's interesting to me that like the internet like uh, you know forces you to pay for some things but doesn't force you to pay for other things yeah i guess you're right it is analogous but um anyway i'm I'm so sick of netflix though at this point there's just like too much on there to even sift through really yeah, I, I'm not interested in most of the stuff that's on there. I like the cooking content and like this the stuff with like David Chang and I mean they don't even have parts unknown on there anymore with Anthony Bourdain, so it's just, it's gotten 
less appealing, but... It's just, like, annoying to me, and we might have discussed this, and I think I've mentioned this to my listeners in the past, but how essentially now, because of the inevitability of competition with the streaming services, you have to download, I think I mentioned this to someone a few episodes ago, but you have to download, like, six, or you have to pay for six services. You have to do Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, you have to do HBO Go, um, Disney Plus, like... You might as well just get cable at that point, right? Because it's you know like eighty, ninety dollars to, to be able to pay for all these things. Although some of them lose money because you end up sharing it with your friends. So isn't that a good you know workaround? Yeah, but there's always the free riders who like never end up paying for anything themselves. Like Jeff, you definitely have your friends' Netflix accounts. I actually don't watch Netflix anymore. I just watch Amazon Prime videos. What the hell? So. Yeah, I mean, I, I only pay for like Prime and. What else do I pay for? Netflix. Yeah. Actually, I have a I have a shared family account, so I don't even end up paying for Netflix. But. I don't know. That's the move. Um. What else? Anyways, what else? Uh. What else is on your guys' mind that you want to want to discuss to this this listening audience? This is your this is your opportunity, Jeff, to, to plug to plug your uh, your various projects and endeavors. People want to know. Me? Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to hit maybe forty push-ups. Straight. Forty push-ups. I don't yeah. believe you. I don't believe you. I can do like 27 straight. Yeah. So I'm just trying to uh, increase. Dude, when you hit 40, go on uh, Instagram while it's still free and send me a uh, video, like 40 for 40, and then I'll try to do 40. All right, sounds good. I haven't done, dude, I've not been like working out or anything. I'm, I'm kind of emaciated right now. <laughs> um, I'm going to be so out of shape by the time this is over. It's not good. It's okay. Yeah, that's what I'm nervous about is... I hope this doesn't last that much longer for that reason. But, dude, Austin, what do you got going on, man? Plug your uh, plug your your features. Oh, I mean, I, I will probably have a lot more coming out now that we've gone mandatory pass fail because I don't really know what I'm going to do with myself. But you know, I'll be writing articles about what the impact of the coronavirus is on the U.S.-China relationship and uh, things of that sort. So, yeah, just look out for uh, for my name. And your name is what? Austin Lowe. Awesome. No, it's published under James, isn't it? No. Wait, so can you can you clear up for the listeners? Why do you go by Austin instead of James? My family wanted to name me both names, their family names, but my mom wanted to call me Austin. Okay. But she thought that James Austin sounded better than Austin James. I think it does sound better. It James Austin. Do you think most people that end up going by their middle names, it was planned? Because I know a lot of people who... They go by the minimal names just because later in life they realize the middle name was better. No, I think a lot of times it's it's planned. Yeah. Or it's like, or they just like calling you something better, and it sort of sticks from a young age. Yeah. You know? See, in my case, th- this isn't even a, a middle name. Um, I don't think I've ever shared this before either with with the podcast. But um, I my parents always knew I was Ricky. Like I came out of the womb as Ricky, and then my mom was like, "Well, just in case he's ever like a politician." It can't be like Ricky. It needs to be Richard. So my birth certificate says Richard, but I've like always been Ricky. I've never like not been Ricky, which is why it kind of t- ticks me you off. Be Rick, Rick. From well, I was Rick. I went through a Rick phase. I'm. I went through a Rick phase in New York. But do you guys think I'm a Richard or no? No, you're definitely a Ricky. Jeff, yeah, Je- Jeff, Jeff. What's uh, so? So your Chinese name is what? It's uh, Zofa. Z- Zofa. Yeah. So, so, like, do you? Does anyone call you that in in DC, or, or only like friends from home? No, only uh, only friends from home. But most of my friends from home also call me Jeff now, because I've I, I've left China for so long. 
But I actually made myself. I, I chose Jeff, you know, myself. Really? I think you're yeah. a Jeff. I think Jeff fit, Jeff fits pretty well. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I chose it when I was 12. That's awesome, man. I wish I could choose my own name. Uh, maybe uh... it was a good one too, because sometimes um, you know, I mean, understandably, because you, you often choose your English name in China when you're quite young. But sometimes people will choose strange names that don't end up translating that well in foreign countries. You know? Yeah. Like I, I had, so I had a one summer I worked for a, this sort of like Chinese education company that brought Chinese students over to the U.S. and I was sort of like the the teacher and tour guide this was in college but um this really nice kid he was a great kid but i, I would room with him uh, when we were on the road but he, he, he called himself sugar sugar it was hilarious. that's pretty good sugar i and he did like to eat a lot of sugar he liked a lot of sweets so it, it sort of <laughs> oh dude that's so wholesome that's like it's like a great yeah. like 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 way to get a name as opposed to like just he was a great kid it's just the problem is i don't know that he's gonna want that name when he's like 20 you know it was, it was cute when he was 10 but um that's awesome so anyways this is uh this has been an absolute blast having you guys on the uh on the podcast we'll look back look back on this when we're all established lawyers and you know five six years whatever long it is and look back on this period as as extremely you know tumultuous and turbulent but made us all stronger and in jeff's case made him made him 40 40 push-ups heavier so, um, so guys, thanks, thanks for joining me on this episode. Hopefully, we'll have you back again for more. Yeah, thanks for having us. I hope the thing, the coronavirus thing, is over when you actually publish this. Yeah, well, it's not, it's not looking super likely, but, um, but yeah, thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Austin. Yeah, no, it's this has been entertaining, and I look forward to hearing it. Yeah, man, <laughs> you just, you just lived it, and then you can relive it again in a month or six weeks when it comes out, guys. This has been a Nervous Habits bonus episode, featured bonus comment uh, content. Keep it locked into Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And everywhere that you can hear Nervous Habits podcast for original content, we have new episodes coming in the coming months, especially with the uh, way that my schedule's opened up with the uh, grading policy change at Georgetown. So keep it locked in for more with Nervous Habits. Take care, guys, and stay nervous. Nervous Habits. Bonus content.